Well, good evening and welcome once again to another episode of Crystal Silence League Hour. I'm your host, the Right Reverend John St. Germain. And this is episode 93. Uh, we're going to talk about that uncanny power that surrounds us, uh, available to us, if you learn how to grasp it, how to ask for it, how to manifest it. So, my goodness, please come back in just about a minute and we will um, dive right in. And we're back, episode 93 of the Crystal Silence League Hour. And for those of you who don't know, the uh, Crystal Silence League, of course, was founded around 1917 by a remarkable man, uh, Claude Alexander Conlon, who retired from the stage as a uh, performer of mental marvels to um, devote himself to spiritual work. The Crystal Silence League was an organization that spanned the globe. And the idea of the Crystal Silence League was to distribute um, positive affirmation and prayer wherever it was needed. And this was done through the agency of crystal balls. And uh, if you joined the, silent, the Crystal Silence League, you were given a crystal ball and taught how to use it in the four branches of crystallomancy, divination, projection, reception, and transformative healing. And, of course, uh, we have literature at the Crystal Silence League on how to do this. If you go to our website, www.crystalsilenceleague.org, you can obtain this. <clears throat> Some of the literature was written by our founder, Mr. Conlon, and, uh, of course, you can also get my book, Crystal Magic, Divination, Healing, and Spellcraft with Gems and Minerals, uh, which brings some of this um, literature and some of this technique up to the 21st century. Um, Tonight's crystal is uh, Neumite, and uh, Neumite is sometimes called the Sorcerer's Stone because it can help aid uh, in the, both the uh, performance of magic and also help shield you against magical attack. I have Neumite uh, buried beneath my chapel in the Four Corners, in fact, for that very reason, among, among other secret ingredients and relics and uh, things. Um, <clears throat> it not only helps shield you against magical attack, but also against... Uh, any sort of harmful spiritual or emotional assault um, aimed at the user. Um, uh, the um, uh, Neumite resonates against uh, a rather, uh, toward a rather interesting chakra, which is located somewhere below your feet that grounds you into the earth itself. And if you learn to uh, concentrate and uh, root to this uh, chakra, you can ground yourself to the earth and become very, very hard to move. Um, not only... Um, spiritually, but also physically. Uh, I've seen uh, Qigong masters root to the earth, and uh, ten people can't pick them up. It's a very interesting thing to see. Uh, this can also simulate the root chakra itself. Um, and uh, I've seen this used in past life research. You put the Numite stone at the base of the skull, and you can explore past lives and uh, engage in natural projection with proper uh, meditation techniques. Um, it's a wonderful scrying stone. You can get a, a palm stone, for instance, made of neumite, and hold it in the palm of your hand and use it for scrying. It is um, uh, often used in the development of magic powers um, and the mastery of uh, um, skills involved sorcery and magic and necromancy. The um, Oh, there's a lot of skills like this. You can uh, you can read about it in my book Crystal Magic, and also uh, many many sources. If you make an elixir of Numite, you can use the direct method. Just drop it in a vessel of water. And uh, I have I have kind of a rule, and not everyone 
prescribes to this rule, but it's very simple. Uh, stones that are used for healing, you charge them in sunlight. Stones that are used in magic, you charge them in moonlight. You know, so you make your elixir of neumite in moonlight. And um, after that, you um, uh, drop a few drops of brandy in it to preserve the water so it doesn't grow mold and algae and stuff. And uh, the neumite can be drunk directly. Uh, it can be applied to um, yourself while you're practicing. It can be sprinkled about the area of uh, your living quarters or your magical area. It can be used to draw magical symbols on parchment or on uh, your altar and also used um, in elixirs and potions used to practice spells. But that's our uh, crystal of the week. Uh, Neumite. Uh, a wonderful little uh, crystal for your consideration. If you go to our website, crystalsilenceleague.org, um, you see that many, many people post prayers. This is uh, our, one of our primary purposes. We, uh, we're a prayer network, and people post hundreds of prayers a week. And it's been my custom since we started this show uh, to read aloud many of these prayers. It would be uh, dysfunctional for me to attempt to read all the prayers. It's not possible um, for anybody to do this. I'd be reading them every day on a daily basis. So what I've, uh, what I've done is select um, a few prayers for our consideration. And I'd like to ask you, if you will, to join me in some of these prayers for the next few minutes while we pray for the following people. I never identify people by name during our prayer portion of the show. We just pray for them by prayer ID. And if you recognize yourself, uh, of course, it's yay. It's like winning the lottery. You have lots of people pray for you. And uh, on our prayer site, it's a, it's a wonderful thing because when people pray for you, they click a little button and you get an email that says someone just prayed for you. And people who have done this tell me that they get lots and lots of email and it helps them uh, tremendously to know that they're getting this spiritual support. So, um, I don't know, without any further ado, let's get started. Let's start praying. And our first prayer is prayer ID number 59286, who prays for money. And uh, this person says, uh, I request humbly a prayer for money and a cash money miracle immediately. I am messed up. I need money. I am suffering a financial severe oppression at this moment. So be it. Amen. Next, we have prayer ID number 59285, who says, Show me something good to stop the mess of crazy thoughts inside my head. These thoughts appear to be depression and suicide. Pray for me. Amen. We have prayer ID number 59284, who prays for the removal of curses and bad luck. And he asks, I pray for strong prayers, magical and otherwise, and the removal of bad luck and misfortune for my life and karma. I ask for prayers for curse removal, bad luck and bad karma removal for my life immediately. It is critical, and I have been suffering for quite a long time. Thanks. Amen. And we have prayer ID number 59283, who prays for two miracles to happen in her life. And she prays for me to get a call back for the position that I was interviewed for last week. I would love to have a third interview and be hired. That JC's and my friendship will be healed. I did something stupid when drunk, and he rejected my friend request, even though I apologize. I need for any roadblocks to be removed and for his heart to be softened, and he will remember all the good times and how I was a good friend to him, and that we will get closure and be friends again. Amen. We have prayer ID number 59281. He says, we please pray for me. Thank you. I have gotten myself involved in self-destructive behaviors. I need mercy from God and people and help and positive solutions. Please pray for complete mercy and healing for me and my entire life. Without any more trials and tribulations, I need help. Thank you for your prayers. Amen. And we have prayer ID number 59280. We praise. Please pray that I get new items to review, and when people come to see the reviews, they purchase time with me. 
that I make enough to pay all my bills and needed things, that I receive the money I have prayed for the end of the month, that I am spirit-led into the study and writing God has for me to do, favor with those over me, new refrigerator, my own place near my daughter. Amen. And prayer ID number 59279, who says, Please pray that I get an offer to Brighton University to study, far, to study paramedicine. May this be so. Amen. And we have prayer ID number 59278, who says, Please help me get my student loans, financial aid situated, and on a payment plan that still allows me and my family to continue living. Thank you in advance. Amen. And we have prayer ID number 59277, who says, Dear Lord, I ask that you protect me from financial disaster. May I always have money to keep a roof over my head. May I always have money to be able to pay my bills. May I always have money so that I can always be able to have food and provide for those in my care. May you grant me serenity so that I can live without financial worry. I ask in Jesus' name, Amen. And we have prayer ID number 59276. He says, I want him back. I want JP to break up with his girlfriend and realize he still loves me, needs me in his life. Amen. We have prayer ID number 59275. Who says, please pray. Mom gets her inheritance from my granddad. She needs to feel her parents loved her and she could really use the help. Amen. We have prayer ID number 59272 who says, I'm in public housing in Seattle, Washington. Some occultists, witches, warlocks, and SJWs are attacking me because I stand for Jesus Christ's righteousness. There's a list of names that I cannot read on the air. They slander and make physical threats. Please place ministers of safety around me because he is in great danger from them and their families. Amen. And prayer ID number 59271. I pray that I will be free of physical and emotional pain. Amen. Prayer ID number 59270. I'm grateful for what God has provided me in my life, even though, even through the toughest days. However, I've got a $100,000 loan, which I wish to get sorted in two years. I hope and pray that God will provide soon. My dad lost his job and my family is struggling right now. Please pray that things will be fixed soon and life should get better. I'm grateful for all your prayers. Amen. And we have prayer ID number 59269, who prays that she completes her master's successfully. And she prays, Dear friends, please support me in finishing my master's of fine arts successfully. I need to focus and work hard to complete my thesis by the end of March and complete the whole master's by June 2017. Please pray that I am supported by my supervisor, university administration, family and friends. My mental and physical health is stable and strong during this time. Thank you so much, and amen. And prayer ID number 59269 is a prayer of gratitude. I just want to thank the Crystal Silence League and each and every one of you for praying on my behalf. I know that your prayers have been heard. Thank you so much. Amen. Let's take a moment of silence to pray for all those in need of prayer, support, affirmation, and comfort.
Amen. One of the things about what we do at the Crystal Silence League is we um, we print these prayers out. The the pastors of the Crystal Silence League, um, most of us print out about ten a day, I think, and we put them on our uh, altars, our crystal ball altars, and we uh, we pr- we practice crystal ball projection, um, and send out positive prayers and affirmations. As our founder, uh, Mr. Conlon practiced uh, three times a day. And uh, I will tell you that this uh, makes a a big difference in your own life. Uh, It connects you with this power that we've been talking about, the God law, the the one. And we've been talking about this now for the past month, um, off and on. Um, And um, I've been making a point, I've been making a point that when we when we try to divide ourselves, uh, we try to separate ourselves into fragments. We're going to live a fragmented life, and most of us are fragmented. We we can't deny this. We we're fragmented. The world is fragmented, and this fragmentation is completely artificial. And I I want to urge you that when you look around you, you're looking at manifestations of this law, the law that I've been talking about. When you look out and you see the red-breasted robin that came into being as a result of laws that went into effect an unimaginable time ago, this un- unimaginable law, this unimaginable power. When you see a tree grow from an acorn, that tree came into being from that acorn, and that acorn dropped from the tree before it as a result of these laws that I'm telling you about, this power. When you look up at the sky and you see the clouds in the sky, those clouds are in the sky because of this law that we've been talking about for the past few weeks. These laws that I've been telling you is the God law. And I urge you, if we think about God as a personality, we're going to miss the mark. If we think about God as a personality that you pray to, and you know you're, you're getting reward or punishment from this personality, we're, we're missing the mark. If we think of God as law, then we're closer to understanding this uh, this unbelievable power. And this very same law that brought all this into creation is the reason you and I are here. This un- unbelievable law, this unspeakable law, this inexpressible law that started an unimaginable amount of time ago. Time itself is an expression of this law. Existence is this law. Creation is this law. And you and I are part of this law. When we try to separate ourselves from this law, this is why things go into chaos. And this law has a meaning, and it has a purpose, and there's a script. Now, I, I refer to this a lot. I talk about the script. And when we're working in our own best interests, we're working according to the script, according to the law. And if we work against our best interests, we're working against this law. And that's why we're fragmented and in chaos. We're not where we're supposed to be. And and I say this so much that you're probably tired of me saying it. If you're in the right place and the right time, if you're where you're supposed to be, if you're doing what you're supposed to do, heaven and earth will get behind you. And I mean that literally. I mean that literally. Heaven and earth will get behind you. It's not that's not poet that's not poetry. That's not spiritual talk. You know, that's not woo woo, that's literal. Heaven and earth will get behind you. And and people say, Well, how do I know what I'm supposed to do? Well, the thing is you quit you quit you quit fighting and I will tell you, if you're in the wrong place, um and with the wrong people, things are working against you. And there are Forces that appear to try to push you back to where you belong. This it's adversity. Adversity is telling you you're in the wrong place. And I, I tell my clients, and I say, you know, these people around you that are um, making things hard for you, these are devils. And if you don't think that devils and angels walk the earth in human form, then you, you're just not paying attention. And the people that are helping you. Uh, go back to the right path are spiritual manifestations of law. And again, you can't think of devils and angels as personalities, but as manifestations of the law. And you know, this way, you know, you're not going to fall back on 
the stuff that most of you who are listening to shows like this have had rammed down your throats. You know, that you're going to be punished and go to hell and things like this. But manifestations of law, devils in human form, and angels in human form are manifestations of the law. And understand that if these people are pulling you down and keeping you from your true purpose, they're devils. And these are devilish forces. And when, you know, when people are calling me and saying they're cursed and they're, um, they're hexed and things, uh, you know, we, they're cross conditions, of course, and uh, their roads are blocked. Now, I am, a, I am a man who believes in things like hexes and curses, that somebody can summon things and call things and put them on you and that your life goes all to hell. But uh, you know, cross conditions means that things aren't working out for you. Hexes means you've got grave misfortune, but curses are very serious. You know, people die from curses. Uh, people lose everything from curses. So you know, if, if you're having misfortune, don't, don't call me and say, hey, I'm cursed you know, because you lost your job or uh, um, you got evicted from your home, that's that's not cursed. Curses are very bad, but these forces still are manifestations of the God law, the thing we've been talking about. And all of this is one. I'm, I'm just recapping what we spoke of before. All of this is one. And when we say that we're separate from the one, we're, we're not thinking right. We're separating ourselves from the one, but that's kind of like separating um, water from the river. It's still... It's still part of the river. And uh, there's an old saying by Epicurus, uh, you can't step on the same piece of river twice. So let's not, let's not fall into that error of thinking. We're trying to go back to the correct thinking that we are part of the one. So I want to, uh, I want to tell you an interesting story, and this is from the second chapter. Um, this is from Second uh, Kings chapter 4. And uh, I'm going to go back and forth from... Uh, stories from your childhood if you grew up Judeo-Christian and put it in a new perspective because the prophets were men of great power. And even if these stories were uh, commandeered and taken out of context sometimes uh, in churches of our youth, nonetheless, they they have valuable lessons to us. Um, and this is a story about the prophet Elisha, who is very respected in root work. Um, and um, it, it turned out, now there cried a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets unto Elisha, saying, Thy servant, my husband, is dead. And thou knowest that thy servant did fear the Lord, and the creditor is come to take unto him my two sons to the bondsman. And Elisha said unto her, What shall I do for thee? Tell me, what hast thou in the house? And she said, Thine handmaiden hath not anything in the house save a pot of oil. So this woman is so poor, she only had a little bit of oil in the house. And um, oil was pretty valuable commodity. Um, you could cook with it. You could burn it in your lamp, etc. So Elisha said, "Go, borrow the vessels abroad of all thy neighbors, even empty vessels. Borrow not a few." He said, "Go get all the pots you could get. Find everything you can get." And he said, "And when thou art come in, thou shalt shut the door upon thee, and upon thy sons, and thou shalt pour it out into all these vessels, and thou shalt set aside that which is full." So he said, "Take this oil and measure it into all these vessels you can get." And this is very important. He said, do this quietly. Shut your doors and windows. Don't let anybody see what you're doing. So she went from him and shut the door upon her and upon her sons, who brought all the vessels to her. Now he sent all of her sons out, and apparently she had a lot of sons. And they all came in and collected all these pots and pans and pots and vessels and jars and things. And she poured out. And it came to pass, when the vessels were full, that she said unto her son, bring me yet a vessel. And he said unto her, there's not a vessel more. And the oil stayed. In other words, she filled out every vessel that she could that her sons brought her, you know, dozens of these vessels, and there's still oil left. And she came and told Elisha, and she said, and he told her, go sell that oil and pay thy debt, and live thou and thy children of the rest. So Elisha um, produced a miracle, a very quiet miracle, and it was behind shut doors. And what we learned from this is that um, these uh, these old men of God didn't go out on the street corner or on television um, and uh, <clears throat> um, um, and broadcast that they were uh, great men of power. Uh, power is called upon very quietly, and it's it's used to benefit. 
And when these great men of God did these things, um, it it came to be known, of course, because you know people can't keep secrets. You know, this this woman went out and told about it. That's why we know about these stories. And uh, Elisha did other miracles. You know, there was a man with leprosy who came in, and he was parts of his body were falling off of him. And uh, Elisha sent his servant uh, to this man and said, "Go bathe seven times in in the river." Jordan and the man was angry because Elisha sent his prophet instead of or sent his uh, servant instead of uh, coming to himself. But the man did what he was told and he was healed. Um, and this was the uh, manifestation of, of great power. But you understand that the reason these things were possible and still are possible is because creation. And you know these are miracles of creation. You know we call these miracles, but they're really manifestations of creation. And the reason these things are possible is because when you unite with the one, heaven and earth gets behind you. And you know we say, well, you know these things aren't possible anymore. Uh, I, I tell you that they are. I, I will tell you that they are still possible. They're they're done today quite a bit. These cities, these um, uh, supernormal practices, can be performed. They're done quietly, and they're done without any uh, pomp and circumstances. And they're done by men of great power who have learned to tap into the the law. And we, we spoke last week about people who lifted cars off of loved ones. Um, if you look, if you look, the, many strange events occur. Um, that are not explicable by by physics. Um, even even with uh, skeptical debunkers trying to debunk them, um, there's quite a few things that um, are not explainable by by science. Now, as we as we speak about this this great power we have, I want to talk to you about breathing. Um, if if you sit, I want you to just sit sometime in a quiet room and focus on your breath for as long as you can and you take a breath in and you say I'm breathing in and you take a breath out and you think I'm breathing out and if it's a long breath you think this is a long breath if it's a short breath you think this is a short breath and you focus on the source of your breathing and I mean where it comes into the nose as it goes down the tubes the diaphragmatic muscles that um create the in and out bellows motion, the breath as it goes into your lungs, and develop a sensitivity of the nutrients from the air going through your body to your extremities. And as you do this, you're going to become very close to this power that I'm talking about. Um, what we know is this. Um, what we're leading up to is that in every realm of research of humanity, every art, every science, every um, uh, we find a desire to express this inexpressible uh, power creation, this ability to create from nothing something. Um, and behind all of that, even science, uh, we find this suspicion that there's unseen spiritual realm where force, forces work beyond our understanding. And uh, and it's a fact. Uh, scientists speak of the quantum realm, and if you get into really strange quantum physics, they talk about particles that arise out of nothing and return to nothing. And th they literally say this. They'll say these particles seem to arise from nowhere and return to nowhere. They call them potential states. They're states of potentiality where things arise out of nothing and return to nothing. They have potential existence. What does that mean, potential existence? And then they return to the quantum field. And, uh, so there's a, a spiritual realm behind the material realm, and yet the material realm, the solid material realm of which everything arises from, comes from this, this spectral realm. This is a fact, and it falls to the lots of uh, spiritual people um, like me uh, on a very humble level and like the prophet Elisha and the prophet Jesus and the prophet Muhammad and other prophets to attempt to make sense of it and explain it. 
um, which we can't, and it falls upon the lots of the scientific mind to harness it in practical ways so that um, a man like me can get on the Internet and ramble on about it for an hour at a time. So, but it has falls to a lot of all all men and women to manifest this God law in some way. Not in the future, not in some heavenly realm up in the sky someday, but if we're going to save this planet and if we're going to save ourselves right here and right now. And that's why I wanted to talk about the breath. Because if you're breathing, you're manifesting this God law now because you're existing. Now, something unknown and something wonderful and something powerful is going on right now. And most of us don't know what it is. But we know something is. So we we talked about the creation of um, of the world from the very the very mind of um, consciousness itself that in the beginning there was nothing then there was an observation consciousness and from that observation came creation and that if there was a creator the creator had to take from himself because what else was there and use himself to create the universe because how could there be anything else and so everything comes from this initial one, even the singularity theory, the idea that the world, the universe is created from a singularity, postulates everything started as one. Um, Carl Sagan used to say that we're made from star stuff, that we're made from the same thing stars are. We're all one. We're all made from the same thing. So you remember that um, last week we had an exercise where you centered your uh, closed vision on a very tiny white area, which everyone sees if you're completely relaxed and your eyes are closed and you're looking through, not at, but through your eyelid. Um, and we've seen that by doing so uh, in our earlier lessons that thoughts are, are spiritual beings. And I mean that literally, beings. Thoughts are unseen spiritual beings. Now, we put all this together thoughts are unseen spiritual beings that live beyond the life of the thinker this was the premise of uh, early new thought um, writers like William Walker Atkinson and Claude Alexander Conlon that thoughts carry on an independent existence of the thinker once set into motion they don't go away so with this invisible life that's throughout the entire universe that we call the one and the individual thoughts of the thinker there's an immense power that can be drawn from this now if this thought which is an invisible spiritual entity of its own is a part of the invisible spiritual life or the God law which it is is it not conceivable can you not see this that through your thought realm you can connect through this portal, this invisible life spirit that we've been talking about. How how difficult would that be? Now, if if this theory or this um, premise I'm laying for you is is correct, do you see that by visualizing and creating the future you want in your thought realm, you're actually creating it in reality? There's no difference. You, you you cannot separate thought from reality. There there. This is not only a spiritual fact. This is a scientific fact that thoughts manifest in reality. This is the premise of new thought. So do you see? This is a reality that by creating your future in your mind, you are in fact connecting with this God law and you are creating it in reality as well. This is the power of imagination. And we do this on a daily basis. So if we find ourselves in, in, with adversity around us, I suggest to you that we are 
in the wrong place in the wrong time, and we're attracting to us conditions that are pushing us toward the place where we're supposed to be. Let us go to station identification, and we'll be right back. Radio Network is a media alliance whose excellent shows include the Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Ruler Hour with Catherine Ironwood and Conjurman Ali, Sundays 3 to 4.30, Candelo's Corner with Candelo Camisa and Michael Carell, Mondays 5 to 7, the Crystal Silas League Hour with John St. Germain, Tuesdays 5 to 6, In the Streets with Beverly Smith, Tuesdays 6 to 7, Bit and Foxy with Madame Naya and Jaya Danya, Wednesdays 6 to 7, The Now You Know Show with Professor Charles Porterfield, Thursday 6 to 7.30, The Witch the Priestess in the Cauldron with Elvira Love and Phoenix LeFay, Friday 6 to 7, and Liquid Libations with Andrea Western, Saturdays 5 to 7. All time specific. Add three hours for Eastern. Sponsored by the Lucky Mojo Curie Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. I'm going over this very carefully because we're at a uh, important point in these um, these lessons or these uh, steps that we're going through week by week. Um, I'm also going through this very carefully because I was uh, I was up all night and I'm a little a little tired and I don't want to miss anything this week. And I want to tell you about the power of thought and the power of imagination. Um, some time ago, there was a radio broadcast and it was meant to be a radio play. And um, so I want to give you the facts of this. Um, it was based on H.G. Wells' War of the Worlds. And... Uh, this was before the era of television, and people used to listen to the um, uh, radio with great intensity. And um, it aired on uh, October 30th, 1938, and the great um, actor and raconteur Orson Welles was the narrator. And it was a radio adaptation of War of the Worlds, and they decided they were going to do it as though it really happened. And so these, there's were news broadcasts about an invasion from Mars, the aliens from Mars were invading Earth. And it was presented as a series of simulated news bulletins, which suggested that actual Martians weren't in progress. And so convincing was um, um, uh, Orson Welles' um, um, uh, presentation that people believed it. People believed it, and people were called in news stations reporting that they saw ships landing. They saw ships in the sky. They saw ships landing. Now, panic ensued. People were fleeing towns. Um, it was um, um, an, uh, an immense um, um, amount of... Um, um, I want to read this to you. Uh, uh, the following hours were a nightmare. The building was suddenly full of people and dark blue uniforms. Hustled out of the studio, we were locked into a small back office of another floor. Here we sat incommunicado while network employees were busily collecting, destroying, or locking up all scripts and records of the broadcast. Finally, the press was let loose upon us, ravening for horror. How many deaths had we heard of? implying they knew of thousands. What do we know of the fatal stampede in New Jersey Hall, implying it was one of many? What traffic deaths? The ditches must be choked with corpses. The suicides? Haven't you heard about the one on Riverside Drive? It's all quite vague in memory and quite terrible. So through the power of suggestion, the power of projected thought, an alien invasion was created. Now, um, I was not... I was not around when this occurred. Um, I kind of wish I was. It would have been fun um, in 1938 to see mass panic over a radio broadcast. But I was around at the time when people were calling uh, the Coast Guard saying that there were these uh, seven people stranded on an island somewhere in the uh, South Pacific and they needed to send people out to rescue them. And those people were, of course, Gilligan's Island. So if... If you don't believe that the power of, uh, of thought is um, strongly manifested, you just have to think about this. So um, <clears throat> understand that these people who, who believe this 
had just been listening to uh, uh, Edgar Bergen and Charlie McCarthy, a man talking to a puppet. They knew that what they were listening on the radio was mostly fiction. They they went from fiction to fiction, and yet so compelling was the recreation of this piece of fiction, and many people had read War of the Worlds, that this fear of invasion took hold of them, and they believed, many people saw, they actually saw, physically saw, Martians. So, um, and it took a while for the people to get past this, and this was not necessarily a, a, a uh, a boost for the, either Mercury Network or Orson Welles. It was. It took a while for people to get past this. So let us not let us not ever underestimate power of the creative process of thought. The creative process of thought will uh, um, will um, bring this in. So let us um, let us talk about um, the the whole idea of. Uh, Practicing mental influence, which is what we saw here. Um, great men in history were masters of this idea of mental influence, um, creating uh, large areas of uh, mental influence. And um, uh, what mental influence is, um, we'll talk about fascination, for one. Um, mental uh, Fascination sometimes uh, falls under the area of hypnosis, for instance, um, uh, personal magnetism, charming others, in fact. And um, I'll tell you that Mr. Conlon, um, our founder, spent a great deal of time writing about this in many of his, his books. Um, but fascination is one of the earliest and uh, most uh, popular forms of mental influence. You'll find it, even animals practice it. And animals don't think in words. They think in pure willpower. But if you ever see... Um, Cats and uh, tigers and lions fascinate their prey, or snakes fascinate their prey with their gaze. Um, then you know what I'm talking about. Um, so, uh, in the days when people used to uh, go hunt big cats and things, uh, uh, some of the big game hunters would would say they felt that they had been gripped by the gaze of some of these big cats, where they were paralyzed and they couldn't move. Um, Julius Caesar. Uh, was said to have a uh, a power fascination to a great degree, and uh, he was he was worshipped almost like a god, and by his soldiers, and they would do anything for him. If he told them to march off a cliff, they would do it. They they'd blindly follow it. Some of the great religious leaders had this um, power, this power fascination. Uh, Napoleon was had this power fascination. You know, his men followed him all to elbow when he was. Um, when he was, and he came back again and again. Um, you know, uh, Adolf Hitler had this. If you see uh, films of his speeches, you see this amazing power of fascination. Um, so, if you want people to do what you want them to do, you master mental influence, where thoughts become reality. And many of us practice self-defeating thoughts. You know, I'm not good enough. I'm not deserving of this. These things will never happen for me. And we also set mental limits. A, a story I love to tell is of a of a client of mine. He's kind of a friend, and uh, he uh, he's a salesman. He's a young guy, and he uh, we have lunch when he's in town, and he uh, you know, he you know he he books readings and he he buys root work and um, all sorts of stuff, and he's uh, very successful, but he's self limiting. And he said, uh, he said, Reverend Saint Germain, I'm going to make I'm going to make fifty thousand dollars this year. And I said, uh, Why don't you make a hundred thousand this year? He goes, Oh man, I can never do that. I said, What did you say to me? <laughs> did you say never? He goes, Oh, I'm sorry. I said, What did you say to me? Did you just apologize to me? I said, Set a goal of a hundred thousand. And uh, so um, about a year later or so, he said, He goes, Man, he goes, I'm really sorry, Reverend Saint Germain. I didn't. Make, I said, Are you apologizing again? Quit apologizing. He said, I only I only made uh, I only made um, Four hundred fifty thousand. I said your original goal was a hundred thousand, wasn't it? <laughs> and he goes, and uh, and uh, so he uh, he you know he he exceeded his um, you know he he made uh, seventy five thousand. He didn't hit the hundred thousand dollar goal. He hit seventy five thousand. His original goal was fifty thousand. So there's no doubt in my mind he's going to make a million dollars someday. He just has to quit putting limits on it. 
And you know that that's exactly what happened. I, I used to be afraid to make too much money. I was afraid of it. I thought, like, what am I going to do with that? And it's, it's, it'll ruin me, and I'll, the taxes will break me. I used to be afraid to make too much money, and then I had to quit thinking about that. And as soon as my fear abated, um, I began to increase my prosperity. I was afraid of the responsibility of it because money is responsibility. So a lot of us practice self-defeating thinking. You know, we we think, you know, I can never take those classes. I, I'm not smart enough. I'm not good enough. So the first thing we have to do is quit doing that. And even if you have to increase your goals incrementally, um, do it. Do it. So if you want someone to like you, just you know, you start small. You want someone to like you. You form this thought in your mind, and that you know, you say that person over there likes me, and you know, you do this at work. You know, you know, the boss likes me. The boss favors me, and you fix it in your mind, not as a wish, but as a fact. This you build your future. You build your future this way. And uh, then you project it to them. You project it to them. You put it in their mind. You say, you like me. And we do this in the Crystal Silence League, as we were taught by Mr. Collin, to the agency of a crystal ball. We form that thought. We put it in a crystal ball. And then we project it to the person through the agency of the crystal ball. And this is a wonderful technique. And this is Mr. Conlon's uh, ingenious contribution to new thought, to the power projection, the mental projection was to do it through crystal balls and to send it out to the universal mind, not just to the person, but you send it out to the universal mind, to the God power that we're talking about. You give it you give it to the universe and let the universe deliver it through the agency of the crystal ball, through mental projection. And projection is the second branch of crystallomancy. Uh, you project your prayers, your spells, your uh, mental projections. And since we, we have this unspoken and this invisible spiritual realm that our thoughts can connect to, you're not just delivering it with the power of your own thoughts. You're unifying yourself with the one again where these thoughts of every living thing exist and piggybacking that. So you're not just throwing... Um, you know, it's the difference between throwing a ball of paper at someone and hitting them with a mortar. And and trust me when I say if you learn to do this, you you will influence people. You will you will do it. I'm not I'm not talking about theory. I'm talking about fact. You will start to influence people. I've done this. I've taught my students to do this. I offer lessons in how to do it. I don't know why more people don't take me up on this. Uh, people people hire me to do root work, to burn a candle, to bring back an ex lover. When I can teach them how to do this, uh, it's it's a waste of resource in my opinion but you know people are people um they want me to you know hire a you know they want to hire someone like me to um do spell work for them to um you know get them get them laid or something and i can teach them how to do it themselves i can teach them to do things like this um but you know that's that's the way of the world and uh, so um it's not going to happen at first because you have to cultivate a very strong willpower to do this. And this is why I want you to start with this exercise of breathing. Concentrate on your breath until nothing exists except your breath. Because through your breath, you're going to be very close to this God power. And we spoke last week about looking, before you go to sleep, relaxing every muscle in your body and looking through your eyeballs until you see that that tiny white spot and go through that white spot and search. I am searching for the mighty God law, the living God. I am searching for the living God. Now, I want to tell you that this power fascination is the secret of great salesmen. The whole time they're talking to you, they're willing you. You will buy. You will buy. You like me. You like me. You will buy. And um, they form this thought about the other person having a great craving for their um, their product. Um, I know before I learned resistance to these techniques, I bought all kinds. I'd go, why did I buy this? <laughs> why in the hell did I buy this? And I know every one of you has stuff you bought, and you wonder, why did I buy this thing? Um, you have this irresistible yearning for the something, and you go, why, why in the world did I buy this? And this, this can also be projected through um, other techniques, 
through television and radio and stuff. So the the steps are very simple. You um, you simply form the thought of what you want in your mind, and then you project that thought to the other. It's called silent influence. We talk about it in all of the literature. I talk about it in my book, Crystal Magic. There's a lot of techniques for it, and um, the crystal ball is one of the strongest ones. So you have the secret of fascination there in a nutshell, but I'm going to tell you that there's more to it in practice, and we'll talk more about it. Um, now, we we have uh, so far to go on this uh, journey. We have there's going to be about 25 or 30 episodes on this whole this whole journey. But my my reason for teaching you this is that the world is in a terrible shape right now. We've fallen so very far from um, um, from the original plan, I think. And but you can't tell me that the creative force that brought everything into existence can't fix it and put it back into back into right things if its creations can't get back in touch with it. If, if, our, if the creations of this vast God law, the living God, can't put it back in shape, then you know nobody can, and I believe we can. Um, if you if you look out, and you see the stars, the great satellites, the the huge planets, and everything. The, these are products of the God law, but they, they can't act, they can't will, they can't function, and it's a it's a very popular thing now to show the small blue marble Earth and how insignificant it is compared to the rest of the universe. But the rest of the universe can't act and change, but those of us that exist on the small blue marble, we can. We have a mighty power at our fingertips, in our heads, in our breath, change, to, to bring about change. And and we're going to have to. Um, we're going to have to. So, within a 12-month period, can we turn everything around? You know, this is, this is my challenge, too. And I do believe we can. Um, so, Again, though, let's look at the universe. Let's look at the entire universe, and let's focus on our own solar system and the creative force that brought everything into being. I ask you to look at the robin. I ask you to look at the tree rising from the acorn. You look up at the sky and the clouds, and you look at the sun, which exists, came into being, and we're just at the exact distance necessary from the sun for life to develop. There's not life on Venus. There's not life on Mars. There's not life on Jupiter. There's life on Earth. And here we are. These exact conditions arose from the um, from the the living God law. And if you dwell on these things, and you try to tell me this happened by chance, I can't I can't accept it. It arose from the from the idea of that I'm ta- telling you about the the law it arose from the law and um uh if you think it arose from chance this this is a very specious notion that that random factors occurred and here we are you know you and I talking via this ethernet this here interweb thing it, it can't be it just can't be it makes no sense and if it is if it is random chance then there's no there's no meaning there's no purpose and that makes no sense either Otherwise, we wouldn't be striving for meaning. We wouldn't be searching for meaning. the the very The very desire for meaning means that there is a meaning. Now, does that make sense? So, if we if we go back, um, um, if we go back to this, then um, um, this this idea. You know why, why does man make myths? Why does why does man make fairy tales? It's simply because we, we're striving to understand um, in our own way this God law. Um, um, and if, if we just look in the sky and see the millions and millions of stars, um, you know, and here we are. Um, think think about that as a manifestation of this law. So, um, we're going to have another exercise, um, along with the breathing exercise, because you know you're breathing all the time. You can't 
not concentrate on your breath. Um, so I want you to have another exercise. Um, you uh, you need another affirmation this week because we've had uh, I'm in touch with the living God. I'm looking for the living God. I want you to um, start retraining your thoughts. And I call this the, the turnaround. If you find yourself thinking, I can't do this, turn it around. I can do this. If you find yourself thinking, I'm not good enough, I, I am good enough. If you look in the mirror and you think, I don't like what I see, I want you to say, I can, I do like what I see. And I want you to do uh, the old the old trick. The old trick, every day is better than the one before. And each day is better than the one before, every day. Um, I'm more loved than the next. This day is better than the one before, and tomorrow will be better than today. Today I'm more successful than yesterday, and tomorrow I'm more successful than the one before. You know, I go to bed tonight loved, and tomorrow I'll wake up open to love, open to give and receive love. I want you to do these affirmations and you know, create your own, because you know what your life needs. Your heart knows what it needs. I want you to create your own affirmations. That's your homework. Um, write them down. Make a notebook. What do you need in your life? And create a set of affirmations. And they should be in the present. They should be in the past, the present, the future. you got to create a, a 10 for this. Um, you know, each day will be better than one. Each day is better than today. Today is better than yesterday and tomorrow better than today. Today I'm loved and tomorrow will be more loved than today. You know, happiness is in my life Happiness is here in my life. I'm ready to receive happiness, and tomorrow I'll be happier than I am today. You know, this is this is the trick of affirmations. You put them in the present, you project them into the future. And I want you to believe this. I want you to have it with conviction, because this is truth. This is the truth. Man was not meant to be unhappy. We're not here to be unhappy. We're not here to be unsuccessful. We're not here to be um, living a life without meaning. This is not the rule of creativity. This is not the God law. Um, the, um, the the points I want you to take away from this is very simply: um, your heart knows what it needs. Your consciousness knows what it needs. Your mind knows what it needs. The uh, uh, the law of creation knows what you're here for. People say, "Why why am I here?" Well, you're here you're here to manifest the the God law. You're here to manifest the will of God, and so you know what it is. You know that if you're going to achieve these, you got to get it in your mind. And your own thought is just a tiny bit of the, of the great life spirit responsible for creation. And if you, if you know this, you can build your future and call the spiritual law into practice. And this is the power of the God law. So dwell in your thoughts more. Don't become a dreamer by any means, but become a creator become a creator. And um, so if you remember this, do this more and more. The more you think it, the more it's going to become real. And the more your thoughts dwell upon these things that you want to become, the future you want to become, by the by the power of the living God law, it will be. And these little exercises I'm giving you are the tip of the iceberg. They're going to become bigger and bigger. Um, and we would love in the Crystal Silence League to hear from you, to hear how the uh, practices with the crystal ball, the practices with these thought exercises are paying off. We would love to do this. We'd love to hear from you. So you can send um, um, emails to me personally. Um, our, uh, you know, If you go to our website, there's an email address. Send it to me. You can subscribe to our newsletter. Uh, I'm woefully behind on I promise you when I get things settled at the new house and the new chapel that I'll get caught up on the newsletter. Um, you can send uh, comments to the, um, the editor of the newspaper, which is me, and uh, we'll put your comments in our newsletter. Um, if you have anything to contribute to our newsletter, by all means, send it. Uh, we're just about through, so hey, good night.